You're listening to The Truth With Studi on the Stream Grace Network. Okay, welcome, welcome everyone. I'm so glad you have joined me on this special session of The Truth With Studi. I'm Michael Studeman. I am here in Oklahoma in the United States of America and I want to welcome those joining me from United States of America, any state here and abroad. I, I know I have listeners in Ghana and South Africa and India and if you're listening from China, Japan, wherever, I welcome you. And make no mistake about it, if you're hearing the sound of my voice, this is a divine appointment. This is a divine appointment for you to hear what God would say to you because the whole purpose of the truth with Studi is to get the word of God to you and the what God is wanting this generation to hear, what he wants you specifically to hear. I have no agenda except to deliver the raw word of God and what the Holy Spirit puts in me to share. Well, folks, today I am going to be covering a very controversial subject. Uh, this will be the most controversial subject I have went over since I started this podcast, and I knew these type of messages would be coming, and that's why the Lord called me to do this, to deal with a lot of things that you don't hear on a Sunday morning behind a pulpit in this day and age. And... I want a disclaimer here. I want a disclaimer. I am a Bible-believing man of God. I believe 100% in the Bible and what it says, and I will not negotiate what the Word of God says. That is what God says, and I obey what God says and what the Holy Spirit would lead and guide me to do. So first and foremost, that. This message is, again, for the listener. First and foremost, I want to address those that are Bible-believing Christians. Those are in the church. Uh, Part of this message is going to go for you. This is a two-part message, one for you. And then those that are unsaved, those that are taking part in what I'm going to be covering, as well as the culture, those that think what's happening in this day and age is acceptable, and what's part of the culture, uh, this is for you as well. And so here in America, you know, we just entered into the sixth month of our calendar known as the month of June. June means that schools are out and summer's here, right? Family picnics, vacations, going to the beach, going to the lake, just swimming, having all the fun, going to theme parks. It's great. I'm already enjoying it. I'm enjoying it with my children, my grandchildren. We're having a blast. Um, But also the month of June, unfortunately, it's also been labeled as Pride Month by those in the LGBTQ community. Now listen, as soon as you've heard that, if you are a supporter of the LGBTQ community, you're going to try to tune out. Don't. I'm giving you this message because I care for you and I love you. And if you'll listen to this entire message and let it digest in you, you may find something out that you didn't know and your life can and will be better. For the same, if you're a Bible-believing 
and say, Studi, are you compromising your faith? No, listen to the entire message. Don't take things out of context. Please listen. I urge each and every person to listen. So again, each year, this Pride Month now, it's taking a larger footprint in our society and the culture. Although it's been celebrated for more than 50 years, at the turn of the century, President Bill Clinton officially declared June as Gay and Lesbian Pride Month in 2000. President Barack Obama expanded the observance in 2011 to Lesbian, Gay, Bisexual, and Transgender Pride Month. You'd probably remember that when they lit up, they literally lit up the White House with the rainbow colors to celebrate this and to recognize this. And so basically today celebrations for Pride Month include pride parades, picnics, parties, workshops, symposium, concerts, and LGBTQ Pride Month events attracts millions of participants around the world. So why does the LGBTQ community celebrate Pride Month? So first of all, Pride Month was initially inspired by the 1969 Stonewall Uprising, and it works to achieve equal justice and opportunity for LGBTQ Americans. Okay, Um, I'm not going to go into what the Stonewall Uprising is. Feel free to go out and study that. You have Google. You can Google that. Um, But basically, the theme that we see when we go into our retail stores now and we turn on media platforms like Netflix, Hulu, or search Google, etc., is the theme, love is love. So let, let's, let's go there. Let, let's talk about love. Um, first and foremost, for you as the believer, if you are a believer in Christ, and you are condemning and being outspoken to condemn those that are following this lifestyle, the LGBTQ lifestyle. You, maybe you're telling folks, listen, you're going to hell, this and that. It, let, let, let's see what God says in John 3, 16 through 21. The most famous verse, three sixteen, starts out, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Now listen, most people can quote that scripture they understand it but the next verse gets left out so many times verse 17 for god did not send his son into the world to condemn the world but that the world through him might be saved and then the next several verses says he who believes in him is not condemned but he who does not believe is condemned already because he's not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the condemnation, that the light has come into the world, and men love darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. For everyone practicing evil hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his deeds should be exposed. But he who does the truth comes to the light, that his deeds may be clearly seen, that they have been done in God. And so our job as Christ followers is not to be um, a condemner. Okay, it's, 
it is to be farmers. We are supposed to plant and cultivate. We're supposed to share the gospel. We are supposed to share what the Word of God says, and we need to do that in love. Now, again, the theme that, that is used for this Pride Month is love is love. So let, let's get into what the word love is. Okay. Uh, the Hebrew words for love, uh, there's one word is hesed, spelled H-E-S-E-D. And it's basically loving kindness. And it's basically the most arguably most significant word for love in the Bible. It's translated as loving kindness because basically no Greek or English word has a one-on-one equivalence. So fidelity, loyalty, patience, mercy, grace, forgiveness, covenantal faithfulness, and salvation, among others, are all concepts tied up with God's loving kindness. And basically a deep dive into the word hasad is out of the scope of a brief discussion on love. Uh, now, Ahab, that's another Hebrew word, uh, just means to love. There's really not a special significance. And then there's also another Hebrew word, dod, D-O-D. It's a romantic love, and it's used throughout the Song of Solomon. If you haven't read the Song of Solomon, it gets pretty steamy. Uh, so go check it out. Uh, you want you want to see some true romanticism? Go check it out by the most wisest man on planet Earth in our history. Okay, now the Greek words for love, eros, E-R-O-S. This is a sexual or a romantic love, and it's probably the most well-known word for love. Now, there's also the word philio, P-H-I-L-E-O. It's a fraternity or a friendly love. Now, this is a love that you would show a brother or a friend who's closer than a brother. And God, God loves the Son. That's in John 5, 20. And God loves us, that's John 16, 27, with filio love. And that's why uh, Philadelphia, it's a city in the state of Pennsylvania, that's why it's called the city of brotherly love, because that's what it uh, literally means. Uh, the other Greek word for love is agape. This is a self-sacrificial love. This word connotates that a conscience action rather than an emotional feeling. And so agape love describes the love of God uh, that he has. And so 1 John 4, 7 through 11, I'll, I'll begin with verse 7. Now, some of these I'm not going to go th read through the scriptures. I'll just reference them. But if there's some importance, if I'm reading the scripture, please uh, let that soak in because it means something significant. So 1 John 4, 7 through 11, verse 7. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone one who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. In this, the love of God was manifested toward us, that God has sent his only begotten Son into the world that we might live through him. In this love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us, and he sent his Son to be the pro for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. Now, this is also the love that God the Father shows his son in John chapter 17, verse 26. Uh, and then also another example of this love is found in John 14, 21, which states, He who has my commandments and keeps them 
It is he who loves me, and he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. Now, a final example of agape love is used in describing God's love for the entire human race, and this is found in Romans 5.8. But God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And then finally, um, Storge, S-T-O-R-G-E. This is like a familiar love. It's basically the love a parent has for their children. I wanted to bring out these definitions and core root definitions of love to get an understanding that there is no problem uh, if you're a man with a man as far as same sex, right? As far as relationships are go, the those agape love, those filio, like that filio love, the fraternity of friendly love, the love that you'd show a brother or a friend who's closer than a brother, uh, which is referred to in the Old Testament when you hear about King David. Uh, he befriended King Saul's son, Jonathan, and it said they were closer than brothers. They had a, a very special love, and it was a phileo love. Okay, this is a good, healthy, brotherly, friendly love. Okay, there's nothing wrong with that. If you're a female and you have phileo love for another female, there is absolutely nothing wrong with that. The problem is it's been ex- it has been contorted. It's been twisted, and that what true homosexuality is is this eros love which is a sexual or romantic love with same-sex couples and basically everything that goes within that okay um and why why is that a sin why it's not just thou shalt not do something it's not a commandment just to be for god to be a killjoy okay god has designed human beings for a purpose and there's a function for our body and there's a function for our orifices there's a function for why everything does what it is we've got holes in our body and those holes in the body have specific functions and should not be misused for what the creator has intended because when it's when it's misused then that's when disease can come, that's when uh, dysfunction comes, uh, disorder comes, and that's not why God created us. That's not what God intended us to be. And so, let, let and and so the other thing is in June and Pride Month, the 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 rainbow, the symbol of the rainbow is used. So let's let's go into that. Let's talk about that. Um, where did the rainbow come from? Where's the or? the origin of the rainbow well we go all the way back to genesis in chapter 8 so this is after god has destroyed the the earth with a flood and you may say well that's all fiction that's all fictitious uh guess what archaeology uh the science backs this okay um well i can get into how humans started aging quicker uh, with um, with basically free radicals coming through the sun because during that flood uh, there was a thicker ozone back then 
and there was a firmament of water in that ozone and so that's how the earth was flooded between the release of that the breaking of that flooding the earth from above and then there were springs in the earth as well and this is all scientific um I, science was one of my favorite subjects growing up. I took advanced placement physics, you name it, I've studied it. Okay, so I, I, I don't have a doctorate, whatever, but guess what? Just go do, the, go do the studies. Go figure this stuff out, and you'll find that here, when Noah, when the flood finished, uh, you know, God says to Noah that they can go eat meat now for the first time, because up to this point, they were vegetarians. And so it's funny, now that you have... You have meat eaters and then you have free radicals coming in because that extra ozone's been deteriorated because it was used to flood the earth. And this is when God says, I'm going to shorten the life of men. And so you went from men being in the 900s, 800, 700, living these long lives to gradually, as you see the generations going from Noah to Abraham, it gradually goes down to the 400s, the 300s, and so forth. And so when you expose people to free radicals and you put in a carnivorous diet that leads to aging so that's scientific and i I just say that because people think that this story of noah and the ark is just fictitious and they couldn't fit all the animals on there and again science is behind this that, that, that it could happen so let's get back to the rainbow so in genesis 8 20 Noah basically brings an offering before God and a covenant established between God and man. Now, in verse 21, the Lord said in his heart, I will never again curse the ground for man's sake, although the imagination of the man's heart is evil from his youth, nor will I again destroy every living thing as I've done. And this is a really nice verse. I memorized this verse about 15 years ago. I love this verse. Genesis 8:22 while the earth remains seed time and harvest cold and heat winter and summer and day and night shall not cease uh, it, it sounds like a really cool poem but i mean it, it's it think about it since that's happened since the flood god has allowed us to have seasons and these things are true while the earth remains now genesis 9 starting with verse 10 and this is, again, God is establishing this covenant with Noah. He's establishing with humankind because the only humans now left is Noah and his family. So he says, And as for you, be fruitful and multiply. Bring forth abundantly in the earth and multiply in it. And then verse 8, Then God spoke to Noah and to his sons with him, saying, And as for me, behold, I establish my covenant with you, and you, with your descendants after you, and with every living creature that is with you, the birds, the cattle, and every beast of the earth with you, of all that go out of the ark, every beast of the earth. Thus I establish my covenant with you. Never again shall all flesh be cut off by the waters of the flood. Never again shall there be a flood to destroy the earth. And God said, This is the sign of the covenant which I make between me and you and every living creature that is with you for perpetual generations. I set my rainbow in the cloud, and it shall be for a sign of the covenant between me and the earth. And it shall be when I bring a cloud over the earth that 
the rainbow shall be seen in the cloud. And I will remember my covenant, which is between me and you and every living creature of all flesh. The water shall never again become a flood to destroy all flesh. The rainbow shall be in the cloud, and I will look on it to remember the everlasting covenant between God and every living creature of all flesh that is on the earth. And then God said to Noah, This is the sign of the covenant which I've established between me and all flesh that this on the earth. So this is where we get the rainbow. This is how the rainbow was established. And so the beginning of that covenant, what does God command? He commands Noah and his family, replenish the earth, be fruitful and multiply. This was the first commandment ever given to Adam and Eve when God created the first humans. God created humanity to produce more humans because we have his spirit within us and it creates more relationships so that we can have relationships with one another in him. Satan doesn't like that. Okay, Satan and the angels, they were not given this ability to cohabitate with each other and, and, and have children. Uh, and, and so with a humanity, we have the Spirit of God, and we can reproduce humans that contain the Spirit of God in them. And so that's, that's a powerful thing. So what, what would the enemy of God want to do? He would want to stop that fruitfulness, that multiplication, right? And no better way to do it than to create a culture um, where there is same-sex um, relationships, uh, which doesn't allow you for re- to, to reproduce. You can't reproduce. God did not create a man to be with a man or a woman to be with a woman in, uh, in a sexual uh, way because there's no reproduction there. It's all self-gratification of the flesh, which, again, a complete satisfaction of the flesh in this manner that's this is of this is not of god it's unself it's it's being selfish um and you think that you're satisfying yourself but in the end you're not um basically fulfilling your purpose that god created you to be because uh, he's created you for greater uh, there's a book that, that uh, Gina and I are reading right now. It's The Return of the Gods by Jonathan Kahn, a, an amazing writer. He's wrote many books. This one is the most uh, prolific book he's ever written. Uh, I, I would uh, say go check it out, The Return of the Gods. It talks about how the rainbow was you know, here and representing the, the, the LBGD community even over 2,000 years ago and how... You know, men would cut off their God-given gender members and raise the tools over their head. They would have their gay parades. Uh, and, and this was a worship to the deity, to their gods. And um, I'm not going to get that deep into it, but this has not just happened over the last six decades here in America. This has been here before uh, in, in on planet Earth, and there's a reason for that. Um but again, this message today is to instruct, to educate both the believer and the unbeliever. And just one final scripture that I want to deal with when it comes to pride. James 4, 6, um, it says, but he gives us more grace. That is why scripture says, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. 
God loves humility and humbleness. If we take pride in anything, it's it's pride in what God does and what God does through us. I love it when an athlete scores a touchdown or helps win a game and he gives glory to God. He takes pride in the fact that he understands or she understands that God has given him that ability and given him the giftings that, that it's not of his own doing, but God gave him those abilities. And that that's a good pride, right? Uh, but the humility is recognizing from where that comes from. So again, God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. Well, folks, I, I'm hoping this message finds you well. If you feel hurt, if you feel offended in this message, and I, you know, the the whole purpose is this is not to offend you, but to see what God, how God sees you, and how He wants you to live your life because He has the best plan for you. And to live the best plan for you, you have to be connected with your Creator, and through His Word and have a relationship with them. And it's not just about opening the Bible and reading what it says. You have to have that personal relationship with Jesus because the Holy Spirit comes in and dwells in you. The same Spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead comes in and dwells with you and gives you direction and peace and guidance and joy. Uh, not not like a happiness that the, the world, you know, you go buy things, you go to vacations, you get happiness, but God gives a joy that's beyond happiness, that's fulfilling and that the world can't take away, and that circumstances can't take away. And so if you're not living a life where you have true contentment, true peace, true joy, but you're living these the, the, these other lifestyles, or you're just not living, you're not walking with Jesus, you don't believe in him, or you reject him, he's at your heart's door and he's knocking, and he wants to come in, and he wants to be friends with you. He wants to have a personal relationship and be more real to you than any flesh human being that's here on the planet. And he can do that for you. And so if you would like that type of relationship, if you'd like your life to be better, if you'd like to have that abundant life and eternal life that Christ has provided, please say this prayer with me. Say, Lord Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God. I believe that you were nailed to a cross and that you were killed and crucified for my sake. And I believe that and I accept you. I believe that you rose again on the third day and that you did this to purchase my life, to purchase my soul, to give me an eternal life and to give me a faith and now an abundant life now and lord jesus i receive you and i accept you now fill me with your spirit and lead me in all paths of righteousness show me my purpose and give me this peace and this joy and contentment that studi's talking about in jesus name i pray if you're being tormented today if you're being tormented by anxiety depression I feel I feel led to just say, give it to God. Let him come in and take it out and cast it out. He did not create you to, to suffer depression or anxiety. I pray for you now, Lord Jesus. I pray for those suffering depressions and anxiety, Father. Let them humble themselves before you or receive your word, receive your healing. 
and, and, and cast those things out that are not of you. In Jesus' name. Well, folks, we, we covered a pretty heavy topic today. And again, no way. I mean, I'm not getting paid to do this. My only intent, my only intent is to show you love and to spread the truth. And I want you to have a wonderful week. I want you to study these scriptures that were given, digest it, go ahead, chew it up. Hey, if you don't like it, spit it out. That's why God gave us free will. But regardless, you can't deny that you have not been served. That's right. You know it. You know it's coming. The truth. The truth. The whole truth and nothing but the truth with Studi. God bless y'all.